0: Good evening and welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast, brought to you by the Freedoms Path Recovery Society. We are not affiliated with any 12-step fellowship, nor do we wish to propose only one solution. We understand how different solutions can greatly increase an individual's chance of survival. We hope to illuminate some of the recovery process by sharing as many human stories as we can. Why? You might ask to show that we can and do build stable lives from a former state of chaos, desperation, and hopelessness, our stories become our strength. Please remember that any and all opinions shared and heard are those of the individuals and not a reflection of Freedom's Path Recovery Society or any other entity. So regardless of how crappy or wonderful our opinions might be to you, they still remain opinions, nothing more. You might hear swearing adult themes and situations as well as the tragedies humans face and walk through every day. It is not suitable for children unless they are accompanied by a parent or guardian or have the explicit permission of those individuals. All right, tonight we get to talk to my friend and honestly like an actual like echo warrior, I think, if you could put it that way. Um, her name is Christine. I'm gonna let her talk about herself. Christine, how are you doing tonight?
1: Oh dear, I'm doing well, thanks. <laughs>
0: Awesome. So where do you want to start? What do you want to talk about first?
1: Um, well, if I'm here to tell my story, I guess I should say a little bit, um, about my story. Sounds like a good plan. Um, I think I was driving today and I was wondering about, um, how much sobriety I'd have or I have currently. And, um, I'm a recovered alcoholic and I'm five and a half years sober.
0: Right on, congrats.
1: Um, thanks. Mm-hmm. And I was doing a bit of reflecting on how I came to be five and a half years sober. And I immediately, my first thought was, I remember clearly the day when I could not imagine my life without alcohol. I couldn't imagine going to dinner, Going to a family function, socializing in in big groups, in any kind of fashion without alcohol, and today I can't imagine having alcohol in my life. I can't imagine going to a family function and drinking, or going out for dinner and um, and drinking. And what a what a one eighty that's mm-hmm. been. So. It's quite
0: a different life, eh?
1: Yeah, and the <clears throat> and I don't think that a newly sober brain can try as as I I might. I don't think a newly brain a sober brain can figure out what it's like to be sober. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be sober, but that's because I didn't know what sobriety had in store for me and what my journey was going to be, and I didn't have the wherewithal or the experiences or the silence or willingness to even, uh, understand or fathom what sobriety was going to be for me.
0: Mm-hmm. So how did it come about? Like what, what kind of stuff happened to hmm. push you in that direction, right? Like what kind of, what was going on in your life?
1: Let's see. <clears throat> I was, a. I went to university Um, I didn't drink in university. I would have maybe a few beers here and there, um, didn't really like hanging out at the pit too much at UBC, (laughs) but, um, um, I was, I guess a late bloomer. I started drinking when I was about 24. Um, I went pro pretty quick and I realized that I had a drinking problem. Um, fairly early on and I knew that um, when I drank I just wanted to continue drinking but I didn't really know that that was I didn't actually let me rewind I didn't really know that that was a problem I just thought that was how everybody was once you had a drink or t- or two then you just the snowball can cont- carried on and and whatnot. and mm-hmm. I thought maybe other people had more willpower than I did because they could stop or wanted to stop or chose to stop. And whereas I just I would be always the last man standing in any um, party situation, social situation. I was always the one who was buying rounds at the end of the night. Um, I was becoming or I had become um, known as the party person who's, who needed the wingman because I needed to like, could you keep up with me? It was kind of like a challenge. So, um, yeah, I started and I just felt like it was a normal thing. Mm -hmm. Now, then I got, uh, um, I got married and tried to manage my drinking. Um, it was, wasn't really an issue um, until later on when um, um, I was in a relationship and, and he, wanted, he wanted to go home, I wanted to stay out and th- you know, we would do the typical fighting. And then um, I became pregnant And I stopped drinking as soon as I found out I was pregnant. And um, I stayed sober um, all through my pregnancy and until my daughter was four, Mm. I believe. And when she was four, we moved to Calgary um, from BC. And my husband was in the oil patch at the time. And then we started socializing and doing all the um, entertaining that comes along with sales and being in the oil patch. So I started to think, okay, well, here's a couple, uh, a couple situations where I've had a couple glasses of wine. Nothing's happened. So I'm cured. I'm fixed. I'm good to go. And then I quickly noticed it was, it progressed into um, a spiral.
0: It's like when you say quickly, like how long did it take?
1: Let's see, four, she was four, I started slowly. So by the time she was 15, my daughter I'm Mm -hmm. talking about, so that would be 11 years in Calgary. I had gone from a couple glasses of wine a night to um uh attempting suicide.
0: Hmm. And, and that was the that was the key for you to
1: yeah. turn it around a better. Yeah. yeah. The the she was at school the actual day the afternoon. It was after um, a night of partying with um like friends or my my sister-in-law or whatnot and I had thought I would do the hose thing in the garage because that would be the cleanest way to you know Mm -hmm. dispose of my body. Um, She was at school, my husband was at work and the shame was so intense uh this is after countless times of i'm never going to drink again countless hangovers um not being able to parent properly because i'm so grossly hung over um that i had just decided to throw in the towel mm. it was they were better off without me mm-hmm. if this is how i was going to behave and this is what i was amounting to mm-hmm didn't make any sense mm-hmm. it was a no-brainer they were better off without me yeah I, and that's like uh,
0: <clears throat> I just want to comment on that really quick because lots of people out there whoever might be listening the the truth about like attempting suicide right is that lots of times the families think well they should they should have known that they were loved and, and all these different things right and the truth of the matter is um And I'm not speaking for you, but in my own situation, when I attempted suicide um, a couple of times, it was not because um, it was exactly what you said. It was the very statement went through my head that said, they'll be better off without me Mm -hmm. because I'm a I'm a fucking fall down and I'm out of control and it's only getting worse. Right. And it's like, I don't know if that's the same idea, but from what I've heard from different people, uh, it's pretty common. And and oftentimes the other people forget that it's it's not like um, I'm not speaking for you again, but like in that situation of committing suicide or attempting suicide, it's like I'm not sure how people who have never contemplated suicide or or had ideations or anything, but I'm not really I'm I'm pretty certain they don't understand like what a, a human brain goes through into that like. Mm-hmm going down into that rabbit hole. Um, And I I I don't know if we need to explain it in graphic detail or anything, but I think it's important to let people know that when I was there, and I don't know about you, but I I was not able to make... um, I could not see rationally what was real, right? Mm -hmm. I could only see rationally from my perspective what I thought was real. And so I made my decisions based on that, right? It's not like... It's not like I was able to see with perfect clarity oh my family loves me and and everything's gonna be fine right like it's not like that it's
1: but you're but what is perfect clarity mm-hmm. like w- when I listen and I hear what you say I I take perfect clarity and I said at, At that time, Mm -hmm. when I I believed in my heart and soul, they would be better off without Mm me. That was my perfect clarity at the time. And I agree with what you say about how somebody who's never um, had a suicidal ideation uh, could understand Mm -hmm. because I could never understand what it would be like to be a prisoner of war Mm -hmm. or to be, you know, to be... um, like have a sexual identity issue. Mm. Like I just don't understand those things because they never happened to me, but I also don't judge those people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with suicide there is a lot of judgment mm-hmm. because I hear what I hear is that person is so steeped in self-pity. Mm-hmm. They're taking the easy way out. Mm-hmm. They're rest assured that suicide and the contemplation of suicide Mm -hmm. and what you're going to do to your other family members is far from the easy way out. Mm -hmm. It's a level of, um, of despair that I don't think there exists a a level beneath that. Mm -hmm. I really don't. And, and being, being who I am today and 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 doing the things that I do today to live mm-hmm. and and wanting to live instead of wanting to die mm-hmm. I feel like I've been blessed with a little tiny bit of perspective in in yeah I I I was that person I was um going to commit suicide I had previously attempted a suicide but I also am that person who survived that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: So I feel like okay, it's it, I'm treading very lightly here to be the person. How can I be the person who survived that and yet not be um, rooting, for lack of a better term, or not judging, but s- saying to somebody else, "If I can do it, you can do it too." Mm-hmm. And there's a fine line between rooting for somebody and judging somebody. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. And like when I was mentioning about that clarity, like that's exactly what you said. It's that if I could see the lack of clarity in that moment as someone else might, well, Uh. then I would. (laughs) But, But in that moment, it's a very clear solution. Right. And to the problem. And Mm -hmm. it's like it's a mathematical equation of, as you mentioned, that the depth of despair, because I can I can't describe it any other any better than you. Like Mm -hmm. that is what I felt was that my despair could go no further. Mm -hmm. I could go no further. Right. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like this was a um, a, a fleeting thought for me. Right. This was unfortunately when the first attempt I made uh, after that, it was an option. it's an option. Right. And so for a long time, that was a scary, um, for myself and for anyone out there who might be going through ideations. Like it's just a matter of, it's hard to talk about this stuff without it sounding. I think especially from people who've never experienced it, it's hard for them to talk about it without it sounding judgy, right? Mm -hmm. Because they can't comprehend the depth of that despair. Mm -hmm. And I'm not suggesting by any stretch, like you mentioned it, being a prisoner of war. I'm not suggesting that that isn't a deeper despair that a person goes through there. But you would know for sure how deep the despair is if they take their life. Mm -hmm. Because having done some funerals for families who lost people to suicide and stuff, like it, it, it's impossible to, and don't get me wrong, I'm not going to speak for someone who I didn't know or... Um, who I'm trying to represent, but that trying to get the judge, the judgment out of all the conversations about it. Right. And I think it's going to be like what you just said, Christine, about talking honestly about the fact that we've tried it. Right.
1: And I also, but I also am in a place now where I, my, even though it's important to me that people um, get, get, connected to other people. I also really don't give a shit anymore Mm. who judges me. Like I really don't care. And, um, and I don't know, I don't know, like suicide being at the point whenever I talk about that day Mm. or another time that I had tried to commit suicide, I think of a mountain and a, Like a typical triangular mountain, and it's upside down. And it's like, okay, I came from the base of this mountain, which is upside down, and I'm going and I'm going and I'm going down. And then the very tip and point of that mountain, of that upside down mountain, Mm -hmm. is suicide. Mm -hmm. It's like choices as you spiral down, as I spiral down this funnel, my choices are depleted and they're Mm -hmm. depleted. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm at the very bottom pinnacle. Even I don't know if that's a thing or not. Mm-hmm. But the bottom point of this up, <laughs> upside down mountain, and there is literally no light. Yeah, like you, I look up, and there is there is no light. Mm-hmm. And if people if people can survive mm-hmm. that tiny little where you're just that's it um and have a glimmer of hope and a glimmer of a taste of something outside of that Mm. i think that's all that they need Mm -hmm. and that's what i had and i and i had planned the whole ordeal and then uh, i thought i had this random i literally i was in my bedroom and i was planning my suicide And planning how much time I would have before someone found me. And then I burst into tears. Well, I was already crying, but I was convulsively crying. And I was like, what in the hell am I missing? Hmm. What am I missing? Like, what am I not getting that is making me so desperately want to check out? Hmm. And I heard... As clear as if it was standing right in front of me, the word spirituality, hmm. and it was like instant. And I stood up, and I'm, and it was, it was instant. And I called my husband, and I said, "You know what? I could go to rehab. I could be one of those people that checks themselves into a facility where I never even occurred to me. Hmm. I, I never knew that how to get out of the rut that I was in." Hmm the partying every friday, the partying every saturday. You know, that I didn't know how to get out of that. And I had this idea, and then I I made a couple phone calls and literally my journey started 3 days later. Mm. My journey of sobriety. Yeah, right on. And it's not easy. Yeah.
0: Has it been challenging? Yeah. I mean I know these answers, but I can't say them. I have to ask you. I know. <laughs> Most you have to challenging.
1: Talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Um honestly, it's been uh that was the light. That was the tiny little bit of light that I was that I didn't even know I was looking for, but that um was shed and I glommed onto it and I just I'm like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what the next step is. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to do, mm-hmm. I had heard, um, somewhere in my journey, uh, of life, people should always try to do, the, if you don't know what to do, do the next right thing. So that was a seed that I held on to, to get me to the next seed. Mm-hmm. And then it just progressed from there. So, um. When I started to, when I started, I, it was like, sometimes I felt like I was literally flayed on a table, my guts hanging out, exposed. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't even know that vulnerability could exist in, in the, the levels that I was experiencing vulnerability. Uh, I didn't even know that vulnerability was a problem for Mm me. So yeah, it was a hard journey. It was a very difficult um, path to look at yourself, to look at myself in, um, through eyes of w- what was my part in all of this hmm. versus, um, versus a victim. My whole life I had been a victim. Hmm. That my identity was around being a victim. This, is, this happened to me, so I have an excuse to be mm-hmm. insecure. Yeah. This happened to me, so that's my excuse for um, being a- controlling mm-hmm. in every a- aspect of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I went through this, so that's why I, I can drink with um, reckless abandon. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge... When you have those permissions mm-hmm. and you have those um, seemingly um, like m- monumental excuses mm-hmm. to behave in a shitty way, it's so easy to justify and then to do it again. Mm-hmm. And then repeat the cycle and and therein is the rut
0: and so in so when you sobered up in the in the first year or two or whatever what kind of things did you have to deal with like that made well that made life so complicated right because it was like lots of people out there would think that as soon as a person quits drinking that the problem would end right that the problem yeah. over and so like what what was that like for you because it's a little different for each of us
1: super complicated <laughs> question pretty much the same for everybody (laughs) yeah it's a super complicated complicated question (laughs) um well yeah and and i also i was of that population that thought if i could just stop drinking my life will be perfect
0: yeah um i'm not judging people for thinking that because but what else would i i wouldn't you wouldn't wouldn't know know any different. different yeah
1: so what I discovered, though, the actual thing was, is once you stop drink, once I stopped drinking, the numbness thawed out, and the feelings started, and then it was, it was being like being on a, a roller coaster where rivets are literally flying off the car. You don't know whether you're going to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, I had a a lot of, I had many times where I'm like, this is not worth it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: If this is how painful sobriety is, is going to be, Mm -hmm. it's just not worth it. And then I would think back to that day and I would think back to, um, abandoning my child and abandoning my husband. And I would be like, okay, there's, a little bit of something inside me that says they would not be better off without me. Mm -hmm. So this is early on in my journey. I had, I had a notion that I could, I could do this for them if, if not for myself. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that carried me. Mm -hmm. So I had to sobriety stop, like the cessation of drinking. All it did was create exorbitant feelings that were like insanely hard to manage Mm -hmm. and they were right there on the surface and it was like it was like wearing sand under your skin is just like every move everywhere you turn every everything that comes into your vision was painful and and then you I had to look at why why what's going on why am I afraid of people why am I afraid to, um, to look at myself. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I so ugly inside that I am, I am terrified to look at myself?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's no choice. There's no choice. If you're not numbing yourself, if I'm not numbing myself, I have to look at what, what I'm doing, where mm-hmm. I came from. And it was a journey that started from childhood and I looked at it with different eyes. I didn't look at it from um, a victim's standpoint. I looked at it from kind of a third-party type um, of observation. And I thought, okay, I can, I can do this. I can, I have good people in my life. I can walk through this pain, and I can do this. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And I had my parents and I had my husband and I had my daughter and I had uh, fellowship from mm-hmm. AA and I had family, extended family, because everybody, you're, uh, you're the last to know that you're an alcoholic. <laughs> and <laughs> so everybody else everybody already knows. knows. <laughs> everybody knows except you. So yeah. I had, I had an incredible <laughs> support system and, mm-hmm. um, And one thing somebody told me when I was in uh, rehab, I did 30 days and one of the counselors said, just don't worry about everybody else Mm -hmm. and just do you. And if you honor you, people will fall into place. Mm -hmm. You don't have to change anybody. You don't have to control people. Just do you and everything else will Mm -hmm. fall into place. And It's exactly what's happened.
0: Mm How does that feel compared to what it was like before? Like always trying to um, clamor to control and do all that kind of stuff.
1: It feels like I have an entirely different life. Mm -hmm. I was hoping you were going to say that. I Like it's not even... uh, they are so 180 degrees opposite of each other mm-hmm. that it's hard to be, for me to believe that that life and this life I is the same Christine Isn't is the weird? same person yeah yeah
0: it's like disconnecting almost hey like from from our old person to the new one
1: and honestly that's why I was I didn't want to come and do this podcast because mm-hmm. I was afraid to visit. Mm. you know I've come so far mm-hmm. and I was afraid to revisit that but I don't but I realized that I need to I need to stay connected and I, I need to know that mm-hmm. Christine I need to know and i I can't just ignore and lose sight of of where I came from
0: yeah <clears throat> that's interesting because when you say you need to know Christine, There's a, I heard a guy this week and he was talking about, um, in a general way, he was talking about, uh, he heard someone say, the guy I was will drink again, but the guy I am won't. Uh So I have to remember to keep track of the guy I am Uh so that he doesn't go back to the guy I was because that guy's going to drink. And I I think that's what, what what you just said, but I think it's also, I got goosebumps thinking about it because when he said it, I was like, oh that's profound Mm -hmm. (laughs) like because yeah because my old Dave he wants to drink I'm sure of it right but Mm -hmm. the the new guy or the or you like you don't that's not the same life
1: it's kind of um similar to when I say I wish I I wish I knew then what I know now
2: Mm. yeah
1: and now it's like an it's it's it is it's like a second a second life
0: yeah, it's so true. Like it is like a second life and parts of it just feel so separate from the first one. Right. Especially as time goes on, like it just mm-hmm. seems so foreign.
1: And I don't want them to mix. Like I don't want mm-hmm. worlds colliding, but I also, you know, I can always look in the rearview mirror and mm-hmm. remember my past and see who I was and <clears throat> take, 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 now and then glimpses of of what it used to be like Mm -hmm. and i just got back from a week of scuba diving and my husband and i we it was a rigorous week we were not young anymore (laughs) we were (laughs) tired and um my husband said to me he's like i am so glad we can wake up at 6 Mm a.m feeling great and and do this Mm -hmm. and literally all of my dreams have come true in sobriety everything that i believe i was meant to be and do and represent has been has come to fruition in my sobriety
0: well yeah tell us about that in a
1: very easy easy kind of way it hasn't been difficult Mm -hmm. when i did things when i was drinking um I used And when I was controlling things, I used to wrench things so tightly to make them into what I thought they needed to be mm-hmm. that I s- literally snuffed out so many opportunities yeah. and and so many people as well. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's so, what really, the, that's the end result of, of any kind of overbearing controlling behavior, right? Is to snuff out anyone's... Anyone else around you snuff out their creativity, snuff out their like decision making, and snuff out all that stuff. Their right? love, their yeah, everything. Right, yeah. it goes down to everything. And so, what are some of the like awesome things that that have happened to you? And I'm gonna go ahead and correct you a little bit. You said it was easy, but I know you, and the first couple of years have not been were not easy. So like,
1: oh, it in, may yeah. have
0: gotten easier because you did all that hard work. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think it's important to point that out, right? Because there might yeah. be some people, that, oh, it's just so easy. Even yeah. like, But that first, you working the, the system, whatever program you had going, is what got you to a place where these things started falling in place, right?
1: Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, and that's what I meant. I'll mm-hmm. correct myself. The, the, the things that I did to put myself in place for an opportunity to mm-hmm. come my way were not easy. Not at all. But once I did that, the opportunities came with ease. Mm. Mm-hmm. They just kinda slipped in, right? Yeah. And I, I mean I did, I sought them out, but I they they it also wasn't like pissing up a rope. Like mm-hmm. it it happened and it was and worthwhile and I've i made lots of headway um in my so called living. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's amazing, right? Like some of the stuff that um, you've got yourself into, right? Like, and by got yourself into, I'm that's just the accountability. Because there, there are things that you have to be disciplined to do, mm-hmm. right? Like there's no, and, and so every once in a while it comes back to <clears throat> discipline, right? And like living a disciplined life is easier than not. Like really, that's oh, just the, the truth of it. Yeah. Yeah especially for those of us who can't like live without rules, like myself, if I don't have some discipline in my life, like it's just it, weird th- stuff starts happening. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and then I, and then you realize that the more disciplined you get, uh, the more stuff seems to fall into place. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Cause you're, cause you're working for it instead of thinking about it. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. And I feel like, uh, um, what, when, When I when I really struggled, um, like when going back to the first couple of years where you knew me, and you're talking about when um, I struggled, I there was a time where both my my daughter and I were sitting in the car in the truck, and I thought, and she was she had had it with life, I had had it with life. Mm-hmm. and it was one of my lowest points. and I thought, I do not want her to have this life of misery. So we could just end it. And that was as dark and low in sobriety um, as I got. Mm-hmm. And it was necessary in a way that I can't explain because um, it's, it was like it snapped me. It snapped my brain into, oh my God, this is this is old me thinking. What's going mm. on? What do I need to work on? How could I do that? How could I even have this thought? And um yeah, it's it's fuck. Sobriety is painful as shit. Mm. Like it's so painful. And but I still wouldn't trade it for the world. Mm. Like I wouldn't trade I wouldn't trade everything that I went through in sobriety and thought and did and the the pain um that I had to look at um for I would do it again in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in my first week of sobriety, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's thanks. like you don't know what you don't know. And mm-hmm. I'm telling anyone who's listening, I hundred percent can guarantee that you have no idea what sobriety is like. Mm-hmm. If you're a user yeah, or you have a, you know, a behavior issue, like it's, 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 it's just there for the taking, mm-hmm. but you do need to work.
0: Well, cause you have to make a decision to like check into reality, right? Like you have to, in order to stick with it, you have, you're making a decision almost every day. Okay. I'm just going to take life as it comes. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to use. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, And then we, as you mentioned, you find out all the the different gray areas that come along with being sober, right? Mm -hmm. And I think for anyone coming from a rigid mindset, like maybe you or me, because I know I did, um, from that rigid black and white thinking all the time into sobriety where what, how I describe it for myself is the only black and whites are not to pick up. The only black and white I have, everything else is going to be like loose and some things we'll figure out, right? But for the most part, it's still gray. Yeah. I don't always do anything. If someone says, "Well, what do you do always?" I'm like, "I don't always do anything because I'm I do things differently sometimes. I don't mm-hmm. do it on purpose, but I mean the truth is nobody does something always the same way. Mm-hmm. Like it's, there's always variations. And I think the more you like you said, like we allow the the process to just evolve and stick with it through those like dark times, like when and, and so people know like she loves her daughter. <laughs> So when they're in that point, right? Like, and and it's, um, it's that point of, oh fuck, this is another bottom. It's almost another bottom, right? When you're like, for you, I don't know how it felt Well, it's an
1: option. Once it's, once you go there, it Mm -hmm. becomes an option.
0: Yeah. And was it the first time it was an option with Yale, with your daughter? No. So, Mm -mm. but that woke you up this time, right? You heard it and you were like, shit. Yeah. Right. Because you were sober. Yeah. So you were able to simply process it differently, which you said, if you, if you've never been sober, like, and you're still struggling with chemical dependency or something like that, I, it's impossible, um, for any of us to properly describe it without simply saying it'll be a whole new world. That's, mm-hmm. I can almost promise anyone that. If you stay sober... We should play the
1: Aladdin song. What's that? We should play the Aladdin song now. Oh, is there a
0: song called that?
1: The Whole New World, the Disney song.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but you like watching all that stuff with your family, right? Your nieces and stuff like that, yeah. (laughs) I haven't seen that in forever.
1: It's good. It's good to revisit.
0: Cool. I do like to revisit some of those old ones. Like, um, what was one I watched? I can't remember, but it was my niece. And it was probably more than a year yeah. ago.
1: So. And that's what kids do to us. They, yeah. they, uh, keep us in the moment. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm an aunt and I have lots of, uh, nieces and nephews mm-hmm. and they're just wonderful little human beings, mm-hmm. you know, untainted and, and un just innocent and, loving life and living in the moment so we i've learned a lot i've learned a lot from my child and from being a mom mm-hmm. and um if one of the things too that i realized too is i love this child that i have my daughter i love her so much that i need to do whatever it takes to protect her mother mm-hmm. she needs a mother mm-hmm.
0: wow Whoa goosebumps i'm not a parent so that kind of stuff like gets me yeah
1: being a parent it's like walking around with your guts hanging out like all the time wow like it's just you you yeah
0: you just describe why i'm not a parent yeah yeah don't do it i'm already walking around with my guts hanging out all the time i don't i don't need any more
1: it's like a whole new it's level awful. of vulnerability.
0: It sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you got sick.
1: But <laughs> but the rewards of, of having somebody else in your life teach you mm-hmm. um, the lessons that you didn't even know that you needed to learn. Yeah. And reflect and mirror to you the bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> that you absurd, spew yeah. is like, where did you learn that? Oh yeah. shit <laughs>
0: <laughs> So do you have Ding. to do that quite often?
1: Well, it's humbling yeah yeah and and um one of the f- most fabulous amazing things about sobriety it, that I've uh, gifts that I've garnered is humility mm-hmm. because in being humble is like a whole nother level of a sense of humor hmm like it's a whole nother level of funny. Oh yeah. Yeah. In in humility. And where, when I was um, drinking, it was always like, I've got to be better than everyone else. Mm -hmm. I've got to look better, act better. I've got to drive faster. I've got to, I don't know, like be Mm -hmm. more organic, more, whatever, (laughs) more, just more, more, more. Mm -hmm. And, that's hard. It's hard to keep up. Mm-hmm. Like it's exhausting.
0: And you don't have Using to.
1: Using is exhausting. Yeah. Sobriety is um is where peace exists. Mm-hmm. It's where the battlefield um is quiet. Yeah. And th- there is time for appreciation. There's time for um acknowledging things outside of myself Mm -hmm. because being self-centered is really like for however many years 40 years I was self-centered is is so boring Mm -hmm. it's so boring and it's so um reactionary because you're because I was trying to create um excitement Mm -hmm. but where life for me is worth living is in the quiet it's in the peace it's mm-hmm. being 80 feet under the surface of the ocean it's it's relinquishing control and power mm. thank god i don't need to i don't need to bear those um swords anymore i've laid them down and i'm just i'm just so connected with who i am and what I want out of this life now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So purposeful, eh? Yeah,
1: yeah. Very purposeful. Yeah.
0: Very mindful of everything that you do, like mm-hmm. in making those decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And also like when I was a kid, I wanted to be a scuba diver. I wanted to be a marine biologist. I, I didn't, you know, and then as I grew up and I was a teenager and then, um, and then I be had my first hint of people pleasing and, Mm. you know, and then my grandpa was like, you have to be a nurse. You can't be a biologist because nurses are the best people in the world. Well, I get why he said that. Mm -hmm. I totally get why he said that, Mm -hmm. but I, I was not in the best frame of mind to hear that at that time. Mm -hmm. So I took the path of making people happy for that short term hit of, um acceptance and appreciation mm-hmm. and i started to get that more and more and that's then that's that's all i knew yeah but i forget where i was going with that
0: doesn't matter you're <laughs> going right there so. <laughs> totally so like watching videos of you guys scuba diving so when you talk about control something about scuba diving that just jumped out at me now as you're talking was that like you have no control like you're in a totally foreign environment. Mm-hmm. You're in an environment where you are not top of the food chain.
1: No, right? like mm-hmm. not
0: even close. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. there's little fish that can kill you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Like, yep. I mean, sometimes some, from what I've understood, tiny
1: little blue octopus, which is the most poisonous animal on the planet. Really? And it's the cutest. Is it? Little oh. blue circles, like, and it's the most mesmerizing thing. And it's and the deadliest thing on the planet. Of
0: humor. Hey. Yeah.
1: Yeah, have this
0: little octopus which will eat your face.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it will kill you ten times. Yeah, it'll kill you ten
0: times and then go to your parents' house and kill kill them them. too. (laughs) That's a deadly octopus. Yeah, yeah, especially if it can open doors and shit. Like take. Well, they're smart. They're smart. (laughs) Well, aren't they? Don't they now? You'll know more about this than me, but I heard a little bit about octopuses that they're like considered in some by some people, not all people, of course. Like, so I don't know if it's scientists or just crackpots that think that they're like alien life forms or like that because they're so smart. Because don't all of their membranes learn and have brains or something like each arm?
1: I think that Or am I thinking it's a octopus, negative isn't? question for a misanthrope like myself. Is it? Yeah. I think that every life form on this planet is of a higher being and intelligence than than us than us yeah. yeah
0: I kind of I kind of felt you were gonna go there
1: yeah <laughs> I thought
0: that was happening there's a reason why she likes to protect the sea and the ocean and such and not so much people
1: yeah <laughs> but the not the, that she's against people but I knew I knew at a very young age that that's what I wanted to do and mm-hmm. now I remember where I was going and then in and then I started to get, like I said, people please and get into that mode. And in that, in those tiny hits of, of gratification that I was getting, I completely lost my path.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I completely lost my path. I mm-hmm. lost my focus, my, my eight year old drive that said, this is what I want to be. This mm-hmm. is where my passion is. Gone completely gone. Mm-hmm. And when I sobered up and then I had the difficult two years of finding myself and then I thought, um, there's no reason why I can't pick up where I left off.
0: Mm-hmm. And you and, did.
1: And I did. Yeah. And it's been, I've done more living in the last five and a half years than I have done in the last 20
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. just
1: with stopping drinking and, and, and looking at myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you do some pretty like intense shit. Like there was yeah. a period of time where you went and did some pretty intense stuff.
1: I was going to email you the video so you would actually see uh, how much fun you had. What we did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, sorry, I'll let you talk about it and then I'll
1: talk. Okay. About so it. Yeah. I'm, I, um, in, in identifying with who I am and getting to know myself um, as as the person that I, I feel like I was meant to be and honor, um, I have discovered that my true passion is ocean conservation. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> I've done a lot of research and studied a lot. And I've come to realize that uh, it's we need to protect what we love Mm -hmm. so that is my passion so i work with an organization um, that is a direct action organization Um, i'm a crew member and we what we did uh, do is um, pull ghost nets and um, illegal fishing gear from sanctuaries Mm -hmm. and um, and waters where they do incredible damage yeah like, floating nets are indiscriminate killers. They they mm-hmm. may have been put in the water for a type of species, but we pull them out of the waters with turtles, sharks, whales. Um, like, even an octopus, which is the most agile animal on the planet, mm-hmm. has been caught. Rays. Um, every, like, so much life mm-hmm. in, one, in one net. So we... Yeah, I I work with an organization that does that, and we also promote um, a different level of living in that just use less, Mm -hmm. like there's like live lightly, Mm -hmm. travel lightly, yeah, Um, be like just. Tread lightly with your words, mm-hmm. with your emotions, um, with your energy. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And it's changed. It's changed my life.
0: Mm-hmm. I've seen it. Like I've seen it change your life. I've seen it change my life. Your mm. your stuff changed Yay. my life, which is weird, right? Was but it
1: the toothbrush thing? How? <laughs>
0: which toothbrush thing?
1: Um, the very first toothbrush you ever had when you were a child exists in the world today.
0: Oh yeah, I didn't even think of that. Like
1: but, you think about how many yeah. toothbrushes you've been through. Mm-hmm. The very first one is somewhere in this in this world. Wow, yeah. And true. for you, that's a lot of toothbrushes. Yeah, because you're I'm old. old. <laughs> <laughs>
0: she's like talking like she's not older than me, which is just like <laughs> terrible. But this you're, is mate, just you're not like older than me, are you?
1: Vocal. There's no. Yeah. There's no cameraman
0: here. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I am. Sorry, you were talking about the toothbrush, and I was going to tell you what like what actually the first time I thought about using a reusable water bottle was because of you. And it wasn't, um, because I'm going to be honest, up until I met you, I used single-serving water bottles all the time.
1: Oh, I used to too. Yeah,
0: without question. And then I met you, and then as you got more involved in your passion, that began, began to show through, right? Because this is another thing about recovery, is that once we get all that shit out of the way, is that we can mm-hmm. then uncover what we actually love, right? And, and and make room. And make room for what we love, yeah. like,
1: s- like sweep out some of the drama, the bullshit, the shame, the guilt, and the, all the negativity, mm-hmm. and then s- wait and see what takes its place. Yeah. That is the most beautiful thing. Yeah. About recovery is that just that discovery. Oh,
0: it's so wonderful, hey. Yeah. And I I remember when you decided you were going to go and and work with this organization um, can I say the name of it? Sure. Yeah. It, it's sea shepherd. Um, uh, and I'm going to say the name of it because hopefully we're going to, do you know the website and all that stuff? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I watched the documentary on, on them. Okay. So when I, so this goes back a couple of years, few years when you decided you were going to go and mm-hmm. work with them. And I was like, Oh my God, like, this is amazing. Like I, I know lots of pretty cool humans, right? Like that do cool shit. And that is one of those cool things. So then this week I decided I was going to like, try to like brush up on your, the organization because I thought I am just like blown away by this stuff. I don't have any idea about it. Um,
1: we'll you have a hoodie, I'm, you wear a hoodie. I
0: know. So <laughs> I made sure I have a hoodie and it's here. Um, it's funny cause I'll put it on to come tonight to go to church. And I was like, Looked at Heather and I said, "Is it weird that I'm wearing a Sea Shepherd hoodie? Am I like a fanboy? Like I'm like fanboy, uh, but I so I've been thinking this is intense. So this week I started brushing up on it and I watched the documentary on the guy who started it, mm-hmm. uh, Paul Watson, right? Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, now I know that it's incredible. Now I know that the people who do that, yourself included, all the people, him of course, for sticking with it, getting shot." All that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff about this stuff, Um, and I am still mad watching the seals. I'm still mad about it Mm -hmm. because not only
1: that's our country. I know this is
0: Canada, and this is what pisses me off the most. Mm -hmm. Like I, I don't know if I would have been as mad if it was like I don't know anywhere else, right? Right. But because we're like the world sees us as gentle people people who are loving and accepting mm-hmm. and I'm watching this video of these grown men kicking baby seals in the face yeah. and I'm like and I'm like now I'm getting like teary-eyed and angry again because I every time I close my eyes I can't stop
1: seeing that. an animal who's like the most defenseless animal has no legs has no arms can't get away it's literally <laughs> you
0: know? the like they're big puffs of white yeah like in my life, I, even as bad as I was when I was drinking, I could not have hurt that fucking thing. Yeah. Right? So I'm sorry I'm a little upset, but I'm choked up about it because I, I don't understand why grown people have to do this shit.
1: It's vile.
0: It, it's just, it's not, I, I, I understand like when they say, when different parts of the planet say, well, this is what we do, this is our livelihood, right? I, I get it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean you should still do it.
1: No, and there's other ways of doing it. You know, if you have to do it, you can do it humanely. And we don't in Canada, we don't, the seal hunt is not humane in any way.
0: Not at all. Like what a bunch of crap. And then in the video, obviously in the documentary, the, the, the warriors for peace get arrested. And then the people who are actually kicking seals in the face go free and they take their seal carcasses with them.
1: Yeah. Fuck. But sorry. So we're they but we're known as the extremists.
0: I know. This is the thing. Like that Which
1: it's so backwards.
0: It's so backwards. How so I see these the beginning of this show the documentary, I think it was the beginning or near the beginning, it shows Paul and his friend who passed away a few years ago, but they were standing in front of a frigate that was coming behind them and they didn't move. And I, I by the video, it looked like it was about five feet away.
1: Yeah. And right? Not not a, not a small vessel. <laughs> yeah. No,
0: huge vessel, right? And so I'm thinking these guys are doing this with like, first of all, according to the charter of whatever the, for the UN or whatever they did mm-hmm. that, that charter, they're just following the law. Mm-hmm. So how is it that they're following this international law, but yet they keep getting in trouble? I'll tell you how it is. It's because of money.
1: Oh, it's greed. for sure.
0: That's all this is about is greed. Yeah. Right?
1: And 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 greed and ignorance. Because I used to be an ignorant person. Mm-hmm. I used to drink bottled water. I used to do the things that I didn't know were harmful. Mm-hmm. I paid to swim with dolphins. Mm. I did that. I went to SeaWorld. I did all those things because I was all we're raised drinking the Kool-Aid. Mm. We're raised going, this is okay, this is God, acceptable. Are, yeah. Let's go to the circus. Let's, you know, and now with social oh. media and, and iPhones and cameras everywhere, we're getting a glimpse of what is behind mm-hmm. the entertainment industry. Yeah. What are these animals going through? Yeah. The torture, the abduction, mm-hmm. the abandonment, The horrific um, physical abuse that they go through to entertain us, Mm -hmm. which is served to us on the education platter. Mm -hmm. And when you shroud anything under the guise of "this is uh, this is education," Mm -hmm. you get you get people coming to the table left, right, and center. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, under the guise because that's all it is—the guise. Oh, it's it's, we we know how we want
1: your money. Yeah, and yeah.
0: And we don't want to set these animals free. Yeah. I mean, and I don't even know if you can now, after slow and long or captive, captive cap,
1: captivity. But you can retire them so they're not performing. Yeah. So,
0: so they could be left alone and yeah. at and, peace. Or, well,
1: and not even alone to be with others. And like, I mean...
0: I meant without people. That's what I meant. I meant without us getting oh, in the way. Yeah. Is that what happens? I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, it's not never... I mean, it's been done once before, but we're... I'm of the um, belief better to die in Three. the wild yeah. than to be alive in captivity. Nah, totally. So, but we don't know, like I said, we don't know what we don't know. And I had no mm. idea. Like my love of the ocean took me to SeaWorld. Mm-hmm. My love of, of oceans and cetaceans took me to swim with the dolphins. Mm-hmm. So then when I, once I started to do more research, that's when I realized I had made a mistake mm-hmm. and it's okay that I made a mistake
2: mm-hmm.
1: because I couldn't, I couldn't be blamed for something that I didn't know that mm-hmm. I didn't, I wasn't aware of, Yeah, but now I do know. Mm-hmm. And that's the same with drinking. Yeah, Now I do know. Yeah. So now I can be blamed.
0: Well, and you can't, it's hard to go back
1: anyway. Well, you can't unknow yeah. what you, you That's can, right. you can turn a blind eye and kill your soul mm-hmm. while you're doing that, yeah. but you can't unknow what you know. Yeah. yeah. And l- the, the documentary Blackfish uh, changed my life. I bet it did. Com- and it was my brother and he was, we're so close and very connected. And he was like, you got to watch this documentary Orca's your jam, you got to watch it. And I'm like, there, I can't. I can't watch shows with animals in them. It's too sad. It's too horrific. And then finally, um, I did watch it and it, it changed my life. Mm-hmm. And then, then I was like, I have to do something. I have to take action. Mm-hmm. So later that year, my mom and I, uh, or I said, I'm going. I'm flying to um, Marineland in mm-hmm. Canada that has the only captive orchid. And I'm protesting. Mm-hmm. I'm protesting on opening day. And she she was passionate with me, so we both went. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, this is what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. You can talk till you're blue in the face, or you can do. Mm-hmm. And how many times did I say I'm never going to drink again? Mm-hmm. How many times did I say look my kid in the face and go I I made I was I'm so embarrassed. I made such an ass. I embarrassed you. I'm so sorry. It's never going to happen again. Mm-hmm only to happen the next weekend. Mm. Words mean very little unless you're doing a podcast, I guess. But um, <laughs> yeah, they're very, very little unless you're on
0: radio, <laughs> then they're important.
1: But actions are where it's <laughs> yeah. at. And and in doing the action and completing the tasks and the goals that I had set out for myself, that is when my soul started to mm. fill, right? Yeah. And I thought you And it just made me want to be a better person the more I did. Mm -hmm. More service work, you know, in AA, doing coffee, setting up the meetings, doing Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, going on the ship for Mm -hmm. Sea Shepherd and crewing for months at a time.
0: Yeah. I'm so proud of you for doing that. Like it's, yeah, well we need you. We do. Like we don't even have to, we don't even have to know we need you to need you. And by we, I mean the planet.
1: Well, I wouldn't be able to do it without my connection to you or to other people who showed me that, A, I wasn't alone, B, mm-hmm. I wasn't a bad person because I wanted out, and the list goes on. C, that there's a, a whole world of, of connectedness that I had no idea existed mm-hmm. that was going to save my child's mother,
0: mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That's the way you describe that, like your child's mom, like that's to remind you who you are, part of who you are, right? Yeah. Well, that's that's
1: the very basis of who I am.
0: Yeah.
1: That's the part, the most sacred part, Mm -hmm. because if I don't break this chain, then what has she got? Mm -hmm. You know, she's, you you know, she's, you never know how kids are going to turn out, but how could I, how could I, I just couldn't. I couldn't leave her to navigate this world by herself.
0: Yeah. Good for you.
1: And that's a wrap.
0: Is that it? Is that is that good? You feel like you're comfortable with that? Mm-hmm. We got more time. How much time we got? What are we at? We're at an hour. Hour? That's pretty good oh timing. that was a fast hour right I told you it's just gonna <laughs> okay zip let's on. do it again no. yeah let's just keep talking <laughs> well we could I mean we could finish it like how if there was anything that you would want to say to make sure that you said what would that be off the top of your head
1: um okay there's two things okay one is to the fact that I am now able to Um, let go of the idea of how a situation should play out Mm -hmm. and give up that control of manipulating situations. And the other one would be, um, that accepting everything as it is, Mm -hmm. is, um, not like overfishing and illegal fishing but accepting things in your life that come into your life the people and the the fender benders and the flat tires mm-hmm. and not pushing against the rigidity of of life cuz it can mm-hmm. be very confining to just go with the flow like let let it flow and then yeah stop fighting
0: cool well thank that you so was much terrible. no it wasn't it was good Thank you for thank you for coming on, Christine. I really well, appreciate you. Well, thank you for asking me. Uh, and what we didn't talk about because we just babbled for an hour was uh, Christine's also a member of our board at Freedom's Path, um, so thank you for coming on mm-hmm. and being the second board member to come on because Heather yeah, mm-hmm. came on before.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, talking, I don't know why it's so hard getting the board members to come on. Like I literally asked Trent, and he was like, "No, I'm good." <laughs>
1: <laughs> he has to yeah he has
0: to but i i totally like i just think um i because he's nervous it's like you're nervous i yeah. was nervous before i did it and um but yeah thank you for coming on and i gotta tell well, thank you like you for
1: asking me oh
0: fuck hands down. <laughs> why dave why um <laughs> the last one was by myself someone said dude at least you swore when you should swear yeah. the whole time they it said and they're not swearing misplaced they like, f-bombs they were like they're the mm, worst you swore a lot but it was good <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um i can't remember what i was gonna say anyway i just i'm blown away by your strength and, and all that every day so i hope mm-hmm. you know that because uh you are an incredible human you have a wonderful family and it's a testament and i don't just mean you're like husband and, and daughter i mean like from what you've spoken about the rest of your family and how you connect to them. I think that, like, as important as anything else, right, um, that, you, that you've that you been given back in recovery. And so, I don't know. I'm just, I'm really grateful that you're my friend, man. I've I've been able to make some changes I didn't even know I needed to make because we didn't know what we don't know. And, hmm. yeah, and I'm grateful for it. Oh, like, and that's even the, the biggest point, compliment. Well, even to the point where I, I even thought when I was watching the stupid video with these seals, these poor fucking seals, and I'm like... I don't know if I can eat meat anymore. You know? Like, I mean, really, I'm just looking at it like, I don't want something to die like that for me. Like, that's Mm -hmm. not what I want. I'm tearing up again because it's like, this stuff is just so... I wish that when I was a kid, they would have taught us that.
1: So if there was, like Paul McCartney says, if there was, if slaughterhouses were made with glass,
0: we'd be a lot more vegans. Yeah, man. For sure we would. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think eventually it's probably inevitable. I'm probably just going to eat grass.
1: The future of meat is plant-based. I
0: hope so. Yeah. I do. I hope it's, I hope it's plant-based or I hope it is, um, synthetic. Yeah. Like I don't care if it's synthetic. I'd rather have you clone the shit because Mm -hmm. then I know you're not going to beat something to death with your foot. Yeah. Man, I tell you what.
1: It's not okay.
0: It's not okay. It's not okay. Anyone out there doing that to animals, like seriously, man, (laughs) give your head a shake, pull it out of your ass and get with the program. (laughs) And that's the matter. you're probably going to hear me. Seriously. Unless you a yeah. I love the passion. <laughs> well, I can't help it, man. That stuff's awful. Okay. I guess we're done. Darcy's like, "Dude, seriously stop talking." Stop.
2: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> it was a, it
0: was great to have you. So, thank, thank you. you. And thank you, Darcy. Thanks, right Darcy. On. We would like to remind you that the opinions shared are those of the individuals and not representative of Freedom's Path Recovery Society or any other affiliation we may share with organizations or individuals. Thank you, Wild Rose United Church, for your open-hearted giving to the community at large in a multitude of ways. You have graciously provided space and love for us to work within, and we cannot thank the staff, volunteers, and members of the church enough for all that they do each and every day. Thank you again, Darcy Robinson. As usual, your work is incredible. Thanks for donating it to us. I am not here without each of our board of directors, Trent Baker, Todd Deer, Christine Pimiskern, Heather Morgeau, Wayne Lurie, and John James. To all of the individuals who graciously donate their money and time to helping Freedom's Path become a society and now a charity, thank you. Who is Freedom's Path? We work directly with individuals and families struggling and suffering with addiction of all types, mental illness, codependency, and a multitude of difficulties humans bring forward as they attempt to make life-altering changes. If you are interested in attending our upcoming or future groups, being a guest on the podcast, or looking to make a donation or help in some other way, please contact us through our website, www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca, or find us on Facebook at Freedoms Path Recovery Society. If you are close to giving up, regardless of what your difficulty might be, please reach out to someone. You can always give up tomorrow, or maybe you won't have to. To anyone listening, imagine that your voice might be the only one someone hears inside their darkness. What is it you would like to say? As for me, I'm David Lurie, and I wish you all the best, wherever you are. Be safe and try to have some fun, because our time here is quite limited after all.